This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Today I want to talk about coaching skill. About 10 years ago, I put together a concept called performance practice, and it's become the single most popular presentation topic, workshop topic, most downloaded infographic. It's the most popular thing that I've ever done. And I thought, well, it's about time I talked a little bit more about it and did a podcast going through the concept of performance practice and the seven steps of skill development. You know, quite often as a coach or even when you're growing up, people used to say, practice makes perfect. And I don't really believe that's to be the case because I've been to a lot of practices in football, in the Olympic sports, in so many different sports. I don't see a lot of perfection, if you like, being executed consistently in sports practice. A little bit further down the line, somebody came up with an idea called perfect practice leads to perfect performance. And again, I've seen athletes with what they consider to be perfect technique and perfect skill and still not perform those things in actual competition. The model that I settled on, the one that sits best with me and the one that is the most popular concept that I talk about is called performance practice. Now, the elements performance practice of this is to create training environments and practice sessions which teach the athlete how to perform their skill under the physical, mental, technical, tactical, emotional pressure of the competition environment. The term that I use is performance practice leads to perfect performance. Performance practice. So you're practicing, if you like, the exact skills in a way that helps the athlete to perform them when and where it matters to the highest possible standard, no matter what's happening around them. It can be hot, they can be under pressure, they can be under fatigued. The game, the experience could be very, very fast, but they continue to perform their skills to a very, very high level. Once I came up with that model, I thought, well, how do we actually put that into practice? How do we actually put that into a simple model that we can talk about with coaches, how can we progress, if you like, from practice through to performing skill under fatigue, pressure and stress in competition conditions. Out of that, I developed what I call the seven skills steps model. At step one, and we're all familiar with step one, which is just teaching the skill. So I want to teach an athlete to pass, I want to teach a swimmer to kick on a kickboard. I want to teach a runner to hurdle. There's a basic introductory skill set, that first step, that first piece of learning. And quite typically, step one, we teach the skill. We demonstrate the skill. We have someone else model the skill. We watch a video of the skill, but we just teach the skill. That's step one. Now, conventional wisdom then said, and textbooks for so many years, and courses that coaches have attended have said, once you go to step one, step two is mastery 
or automatic. In other words, repeat the skill over and over and over until that technique is mastered. This is where I start to be in direct conflict with so many of the textbooks that are written on biomechanics or skill acquisition because traditional wisdom is I practice and practice and practice and I get that athlete to have perfect technique so that their technique is textbook perfect. The only athlete who is textbook perfect is the athlete whose photo appears in the textbook. Coaches, the concept is not developing one-size-fits-all perfect technique. It's not about making every athlete you coach look the same as the person in the textbook or as the world record holder or as the greatest football player in the world. That's not what it means. It's all about improving their technique, about helping them to get better in their skill. It's about improving their ability to perform a skill. Where we used to talk about mastery and about technical perfection in that second stage, if you like, now I say to coaches, no. As long as their skill level is reasonable, as long as they've got the big things in place, normally what we call the H's, head, hands, hips, and heels. So head in the right position, hands where they need to be, hips in the right place, feet in the right place. Head, hands, hips, heels. As long as the big things are where they need to be and they're executing the skill to a reasonable level, let it go. Trying to look for this mythical technical perfection where everybody must look like this textbook perfect model or the world record holder or the world champion or the Olympic gold medalist is a waste of time and it really is a myth. Now for most coaches they've stopped there, they've gone I've taught the skill, now the athlete can do it well. There are five more stages of skill development in the seven skill steps model. Step three is to introduce the element of speed. Can the athlete do the skill reasonably well at speed? All sports involve speed. I can't think of too many sports which involve great skill execution at slow or mediocre speeds. When coaches are designing your skills practices, once the athlete can do the skill reasonably well, start to introduce an element of speed, maybe of how many skill execution steps within a set period of time or start timing the execution of the skill. So introduce the element of speed. The next step, step four in the seven skills practices is can the athlete do the skill well at speed when they're tired, when they're fatigued? In every sport that I can think of, there's an element of physical fatigue that will come in the execution of the skill during a game, during a race, during an event. And the athlete needs to learn through practice, through fitness, through skills practices, how to execute the skill to a reasonable level at high speed when they're tired. And again, coaches, this means for your practices, things like putting your skills practices towards the end of training, having the athletes pre-fatigued and then doing their skills practices, which is very different to the traditional model of doing skills practices at the beginning of training when the athletes are relatively fresh and unfatigued. So step four, can the athlete perform the skill reasonably well at speed and with physical fatigue when they're tired? Step five in the seven steps of skills development is pressure. Can the athlete 
perform the skill reasonably well at speed when they're tired and under emotional pressure. The difference between participation sport and sport for fun and competition sport is pressure. The ability for the athlete to perform their skill, to do what they need to do, to the standard that they've trained for, when and where it matters, no matter what's happening around them, what happens to them, to be able to perform that skill under emotional pressure. So coaches, this then leads to things in your skills practices where you're including elements of pressure, where you're including competition in pressure, where you start to introduce concepts like win the workout. Everyone wants to win the competition, win the game, win the race, where you start to make training more competitive and you have competitive elements in the gym and on on ground practice, in the pool practice, on the court practice, you add the element of competition. So the athlete is learning to perform the skill at speed when they're tired and under pressure. Step six in the seven skill steps practice model is consistency. What we know about great athletes is they can do skills practices, they perform skills in training and in competition consistently well. A simple idea to incorporate step six into your practice session coaches is the concept of rating. Very, very simple. So an athlete, when they're fresh, when they're unfatigued early in the training session, they execute a skill, say, how did that skill feel to you? What would you rate that skill as? Athlete might say, I was eight out of 10, coach. It was pretty good. It felt good. Uh, I got good feedback from you. It, It felt like I was doing the right thing. And repeat that skills practice maybe throughout the training session. And again, ask them for their feedback. How does that feel now? Oh, coach, I'm a bit tired. Doesn't feel quite so good now. I'd rate that at about a six. About a six out of 10 or about a five. And it's at that moment when you can start to work with the athlete and give them some ideas and some feedback about improving their ability to execute that skill consistently over time. Because they're going to go to a game, they're going to be in a match, they're going to be in a race, and their ability to do the little things well when it really matters throughout the entire duration of that event or that game or that race is going to be what really matters. The final step in the six, six, seven skill steps model, the final step, step six, was consistency. Step seven is doing all those things in competition. Doing the skill well, doing it at speed, to be able to do it when you're tired, to execute all those things in the presence of physical fatigue and emotional pressure and to do those things consistently in competition. Important thing here, coaches, is that when athletes are competing, when they're doing things competitively, to be videoing, to be recording, to be observing, to be taking notes, to be listening, to be able to give them feedback on their skill execution in competition settings, and to be sitting down with them and debrief. And we know that all great coaches who are working at professional level, working with athletes, will sit down with their athletes and debrief after competition. Because at that moment, I can look at what's happening and I can show them, we can talk about it, I can ask them how it felt, we can talk as a coaching team 
about how the athlete is doing the things they need to do when and where it matters to a high standard in competition. So those stages again are in the seven skill steps. Step one, teach the skill. Teach it well, demonstrate it, model it, instruct. Step two, repeat the skill. Help them to learn it a little bit more so they become comfortable. Not to the point where you're blindly obsessed with the concept of mastery or where you're blindly obsessed with the concept of perfection. We're not after perfection. We're after the ability to do the skill reasonably well when and where it matters. Step three, can the athlete perform the skill reasonably well at speed? So introducing speed into your skills practices. Step four, can the athlete execute the skill reasonably well at speed and when they're physically fatigued? So scheduling your skills practices throughout your training sessions, varying them so sometimes the athletes are doing them when they're fresh, sometimes when they're fatigued, sometimes late in practice, sometimes at moments when you know they're a little bit tired, giving them feedback so they understand how to execute in fatigue. Step five, can they do the skill reasonably well under high speed, under fatigue, and under emotional pressure? Have you got the element of emotional pressure in your workout so they're learning to deal with that? Easiest way is to bring in some competitive situations in practice where they're executing skills, maybe in opposition with other players or other athletes. So that, that competitive element, that introduction of pressure, starts to have the athlete learning how to execute the skill when or where it matters under emotional fatigue. Can the athlete do all those things consistently? Step six is consistency. Can the athlete do the skill when and where they need to at the beginning of a game, halfway through a game, at the end of a match, towards the end of a race, and can they do all those things in competition? The seven skill step model is a wonderful and very simple way of looking at progressing skills from easy introduction through the ability to perform under pressure at high speed and fatigue in competition settings. It works in every sport. I haven't seen a coach or a sport where this model doesn't apply. I'd like you to experiment with it. I'd like you to play with it. I would encourage you to see how you can apply the stages and steps. There's more about this on my WG Coaching website. Feel free to think about it, to apply it. If you've got any questions or you'd like to try some of the stages or all the stages to give me feedback and let me know how it works for you in your sport and with your athletes. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.